0: Hey, Joe. Hey, again. Oh, my God. That was so sudden. Yikes. That caught me off guard. I don't know what to say now. Are you watching Watchmen yet? No. Oh, I'm going to throw you down an elevator shaft, dude. Hell yeah, dude. What the fuck, dude? Uh, All right. Well, it's good. No shit.
1: I, I appreciate that analysis of Watchmen.
0: We're eight episodes in, and in a couple days uh, from when this episode uh, goes up on the internet, we uh, be a couple days away from the finale. I hope the finale. It seems like there's a lot to do in one episode. I I'll up to do, uh, but uh, I, I will see. Now I said season finale and not series finale, but according to Lindelof, is supposed to be the end. The end. End. So I'm really hoping they tie it together and it's good. But anyway, because I've been into Watchmen lately, I started rereading the comic, but not just the original series. I've been kind of like getting caught up and reintroducing myself to all aspects of Watchmen media. And that's a mistake because not not all of it's good, not, not even close uh, Doomsday Clock is okay it has one issue remaining it's coming out I hope this month uh, that's a series that's been delayed so much that like almost everyone on the planet lost interest before it was even relevant but I'm going to talk about briefly the Watchmen prequel
1: uh, oh okay yeah
0: it's not good. It's really not good. Now, I was extremely excited when this was coming out back in, uh, I believe, late 2012. I think it was 2012. Dark Knight Rises was coming out. The new 52 was DC's thing. I just know this because it's the ads that surround for Watchmen in the comics that I own. Because I own the whole thing. I was super excited. I bought all of it. And at the time, I was really enjoying it. But looking back on them, most of them are garbage Uh Um, and things that probably shouldn't have been made because their actual value is rather low. Uh, However, I do see a lot of people kind of like saying that the whole thing is bad and that's not necessarily true. Um, You could kind of like approach it from the standpoint of some writers handled this task better than others it's really just written by four people. And they all kind of set about doing their own series. Uh, before Watchmen, if you don't know, was a series of miniseries. A prequel to Watchmen. Uh, without the consent of Alan Moore. Uh, Dave Gibbons was okay with it. And there's three six-issue series. Four four-issue minis. And then a one-shot And then a two-issue thing. And then in the back of all of them is a pirate comic that is the worst thing in the whole thing, because it sucks. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Um, So the ones that are good, that you should read, are the Darwin Cook stuff. Darwin Cook wrote and drew Minutemen. Minutemen's probably the most valuable one. It actually has the most to it, because it's actually a prequel to Watchmen. It doesn't have anything to do with... The characters from Watchmen besides the first night out and the comedian other than that it's all about the Minutemen characters not the Watchmen characters so that one actually works pretty well uh, it doesn't work with the canon of the Watchmen tv show that's been established now so you kind of have to pick and choose your canon at this point you either go comic canon or comic 2 tv show canon I don't know Split Cannons, like, you know, all these movie series we keep watching on Gen and Job. Uh <laughs> I agree. And he also did uh, Silk Spectre with Amanda Connor. That one's good. Uh, but we're not going to talk about the good one. Uh, I want to talk about a bad one that I was reminded of today. And it's sad that it's bad. Uh, I think some of the worst ones here are actually the Brian Azzarello written ones. And that's a shame because I actually really like Brian Azzarello. Uh, he wrote 100 Bullets... Great, great series. Yeah. And uh, tons of other great stuff over the years. Uh, he wrote miniseries with uh, Lee Bermijo uh, about Lex Luthor and Joker. And those are great, uh, dark miniseries that focus on villain characters. And I think that's kind of the vibe they were trying to go with. Rorschach miniseries here. But it's trash. It's really trash. There's, there's not a damn... Good thing about it. It's really edgy, and I guess you could assume that from it being about Rorschach, but it's kind of edged without a purpose. Like the the edginess of Rorschach ends up having a purpose in Watchmen. You get to the fundamental disagreement at the end, yeah. morally speaking. Right. That leads to, you know, his demise. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling Watchmen from
1: 1986.
0: Whoa. Uh <laughs> but uh there's specifically one thing I want to talk about and that's a cameo that happens in I think the third issue of the Rorschach comic now all throughout before Watchmen and all throughout Watchmen there are cameos from real life famous people Reagan Nixon uh, all kinds of people Uh, The Silk Spectre one even has, like, a Frank Sinatra-looking dude. Uh, The Beatles. It's all over the place. but So it's not really out of place for Watchmen to play with real-life characters in this fictional world. But for some reason, they decide to do this one here that is completely nonsensical. So Rorschach's injured. And he hobbles out onto the street and he hails a cab and he says, drive. He gets in the cab and the guy's like, all right, don't worry, man. There's still good people left some and starts driving. And then we see that the ca- the taxi driver is the taxi driver. It is oh. Travis Bickle. Oh, Jesus Christ. Played by Robert De Niro in a movie is in this comic. And then he, you know, drives Rorschach to his destination and, you know, says things that sound like things that he said in Taxi Driver. And it's it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. Like, if you showed somebody the image, they probably would have just thought it was like, oh, cool. I get it, because Watchmen is, like, really gritty. And, like, maybe it has some similarities to Taxi Driver. So, like... That's cool fan art, right? No. It's not fan art. It's not fan art. Fuck? It's canon, actually. <laughs> um, it sucks. I just... It blew my mind, but not in a good way. In a very negative way, where I was like, why'd they do that? <laughs> That's the worst thing. And then thing he just goes I away. Like heard. It doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just a quick cameo, quick little thing. And it would have been inoffensive if it wasn't like so... Just blatantly out-of-the-ordinary strange. There's... I I can't really stomach it. It, I... Sometimes fictional characters meeting other fictional characters can be fun. But, like... What? It kind of needs to have a reason to exist. I think. Like, trying to say... That Taxi Driver and Watchmen are in the same world kind of does not compute to Gennart. (laughs) I I really don't know. So I just wanted to bitch about that a little bit. If you're at all interested in Before Watchmen, read Minutemen and maybe Silk Spectre. And uh, if you're still curious after that, maybe the J. Michael Straczynski ones, uh, Night Owl, Dr. Manhattan. Uh, Those ones are okay. They're not great, But they're okay. They're at least better than the Azzarella ones. And they're actually even better than the Len uh, Ween ones. Uh, He was a great writer. Created Swamp Thing. But uh, he he was not in his element here. Uh, These are not good things that he wrote. All in all, just skip it. And then basically all you gotta do is read the original Watchmen and then watch the HBO show. That's all you gotta do. But every franchise has to have a billion things in it. No matter if things stand alone or not, because we live in hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. Oh, I
0: Speaking of which, let's start the show and talk about a die-hard movie. Okay, before we do that, I gotta pee. <laughs> Appropriate. A good day to pee hard.
1: again. Hi. I'm Job. Hi. Yep. Welcome to the show. On today's podcast. Why was, why did you have to we will counteract me being so vibrant <laughs> with hi.
0: I want to do an AM radio voice podcast where we just go, hello. Today we're going to talk to Dr. Fuckwad <laughs> about his new book how to pee?
1: <laughs> that's how. I, that's how I learned to just piss before, in between our non sequitur and now, dude.
0: Right. You read. You read Doctor
1: Fuckwad's mm-hmm. book. I did. It's a very good book. New York Times bestseller, baby. Mm-hmm. So I guess we have to talk about Die Hard at some point. Yes, but that'll today. be the end of it. Thank um, God.
0: Now, I think. Um, The future of this franchise is kind of dicey. I think we should just talk about this now. Okay. Because it actually doesn't have anything to do with A Good Day to Die Hard. Uh, It's just mainly about... Will this franchise happen ever again? I hope not. So... (laughs) Well, fair. I mean, I I think it's been an okay ride, besides what we'll talk about today. Not the last two. (sighs) Well, even... Oh, God. Oops. I fucked the mic. All right. Even... Part 4, (laughs) 4.0, Live Free, or Dick Hard wasn't that bad. Like It wasn't like Unforgivable This Franchise is Ruined Indefinitely tier. But A Good Day to Die Hard was close. It was trash. It was close. Now, um, the next project they were discussing doing, because Bruce Willis kind of floated the idea of wanting to do a sixth and final Die Hard... Uh, The thing I saw floating around... And there's a comic miniseries that is apparently what they were going to base the plot on... uh, Called... Die Hard Year One. Which was going to be... Simultaneously a sequel and an origin story. With someone playing a young John McClane. And someone playing a young Holly McClane. And then it was going to be the actors from the first one. You know, Bruce Willis has been in all of them. But Holly's only been in one and two. And they would bring her back. And she would play that character now. And... Maybe it would be about them rekindling their relationship. Maybe. But it would also serve as simultaneously a prequel showing how they first met and how McClane started out as a cop and did something or other. Uh, I don't know if I'm too interested in the idea of exploring his past. No,
1: not at all. Uh, But that that was
0: potentially the next one they were going to do. And um, then it started to be just referred to as McClane instead of anything with the words die or hard in it.
1: They and were then, trying the Rocky Balboa thing.
0: Yeah, and uh, and then or the Rambo thing. They did that too, uh, as far as naming conventions go. And then the talks kind of died down because, well, as we all know, Mickey Mouse bought the, <laughs> bought the rights to everything in the world. So Disney owns Fox. Fox owns Die Hard.
1: So Disney owns
0: Die Hard now.
1: Uh, Disney acquired my virginity. <laughs> They bought it.
0: Yes, Justin, that's right. Disney usually doesn't make R-rated things, so a diehard thing would be a strange thing for them to make. <laughs> Maybe they don't see it as a viable property.
1: Maybe You're right,
0: Justin. Thank you for that input.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, you're welcome. I... I, I... I'm always glad to help and add to the conversation. Good good tidbits. Yeah, dude, you know, I'm just pointing out the important things.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, That combined with, uh, I don't know if Bruce Willis was feeling somebody else playing his character, and he got maybe a little heated about it, and so he kind of backed away from the project. But allegedly, as far as I'm aware, Disney is still looking at this and kind of weighing what to do with it. It'll be a PG 13 Hard movie, it may be a Disney Plus series. Oh, and it may not have Bruce Willis in it at all. Oh, it just might be like it, like, it just may be just good. be the prequel miniseries. Now, I don't, I'm not interested in that. Nope, not at all. So, yeah, maybe Die Hard Bad, uh, <laughs> I'm done, I, I should say, or bad, not bad now for sure. <sighs> like, I, I, I want there to be the Rocky Balboa movie. For this franchise where, like, we can finally, like, put a good end stamp on this franchise and character. Because the fifth movie certainly is not that. Because it's bad. (sighs) It's closer to, like, Crystal Skull tier final film than anything else. So... We'll see what the what the future holds for this series. There will probably be something. Die Hard's too recognizable a name for them to not make anything.
1: Yeah, I... but
0: will it be rated R? It no. it really there's a lot of unanswered questions about what Disney will be willing to do with these franchises they acquired from Fox, like you know Alien and Predator and Die Hard. Like these are all R-rated things, so. Historically, these franchises have gotten a lot of flack when they go PG 13. So, you know, we've seen it on this show. <laughs> yeah. Both of them.
1: Game yeah, versus Predator so one? I'll, so we'll see. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Uh uh-uh. All that shit sucks. You know, there's a couple things that didn't suck to happen, though. What didn't suck? We had two little showcasey things happen yesterday. Uh, the first one that happened was Sony's. Oh, yeah. State of play. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Nothing too insane to announced there besides, you know, you know, a little game called Resident Evil 3 being remade, baby. I'm it fucking, was officially announced.
0: I'm going to nut, dude. <laughs> it, it looks good. It, look, it looks so good. Uh, quick aside, I hate the internet and how they can't ever let a good thing be a good thing. Because there's way too many people that are criticizing, oh, well, you look different. And uh, I, uh, I could care less yeah, I'm no, okay no. that they look different It's a remake Don't make same thing Make different thing It's not that hard to understand Right <laughs> um, I think there's significant changes That could be for the better And literally all you have to do is look at the game They just fucking made this year Resident Evil 2 to see how changes could be a good thing. Because there's so many changes that game takes to the story and how it's presented and characters' looks that were all for the better. Yeah. Every single one. Every
1: single thing that game changed was for the better. Yeah, basically. It is literally just a better version of Resident Evil 2. And, and you could still go play Resident Evil 2. Yeah. It's
0: still a good game even now. Right. It's just, you know, not everybody can do the tank controls. I understand that completely. It sucks. <laughs> I, I got a little more used to him from playing uh, the remake in Zero. Yeah. But, yeah, I could see how
1: some people it still sucks, dude. would prefer the more standard control scheme of the remake, too. Like, I grew up playing those games, and even going back now, it's still frustrating as fuck, and it sucks. Yeah. So, uh, getting... I like how Capcom's kind of getting to the destination of bringing every single Resident Evil game to modern consoles. Yeah. Yeah. In like some good capacity, and actually, right now, with once Resident Evil Three releases in March, you can have every major Resident Evil game on your console Uh-huh. on the PS4. That was the only uh, the only one that was missing. missing one. Yeah. Now, as far as
0: updated for a modern era, it's gonna be Code Veronica is looking a little old now by comparison. So it's maybe that'll be the next Veronica one. Code Veronica and Zero together in a package. Maybe. I I would just remake Code Veronica from the ground up like they did with 2 and 3. I think it deserves it, because Code Veronica is actually a good game, but it certainly is the cheesiest of them all. Uh, The worst voice acting in the series, and some of the cringiest stuff to ever happen in a Resident Evil game. Depending on your point of view, that can make it one of the most entertaining entries in the franchise. That's where I'm at with it, (laughs) by the way. But, you know... The revamped storytelling of these uh of the of two and three, I assume threes, oh yeah, remakes are gonna gonna probably convince me that Code Veronica could use it too. I'm not against it. No, I, no. I'd love it. I'm I'm I'd be excited for that. Oh, these remakes have been great. Three's looking good. I dig how Jill looks. They gave her pants. Thank God. God bless. Thank you for giving her pants. And, and if, you're, if you're still way too horny to have her have pants, you can pre-order and get the shorts. Yep. So don't worry about it. And you could also pre-order and get the worse Carlos skin. Yeah, it's I just objectively that. worse now. Because the redesigned Carlos looks amazing. <laughs> he
1: it looks incredible. He
0: looks grindhouse as fuck. I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. He, he looks like a, a much more haggard asshole than he ever was before. I enjoy the poofy Tekken hair. Yeah, it's good. It's great. I hope they make Carlos a good character because from what I remember of three, he was kind of not. Mm-mm. But that's pretty common in Resident Evil to have a lot of the characters actually not be good, at least in the early ones. And they kind of have corrected that with two as well. So like Sherry was annoying in original two, but she's pretty okay in the remake too. So just a kid. Yeah, didn't do anything. I too think they handled crazy. it well. Yeah, think, yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, scared while playing as her with uh, the big police chief man yelling yeah, at God. me. So if uh, if we can get Carlos working, that'll be a good game. Also, yeah. I'm, I'm really intrigued by a lot of the stuff they showed in that trailer. The like mm-hmm. weird, like uh, there's a moment in that game where Jill gets infected or sick and then you have to play as Carlos for a bit. But they made it look like Jill will have hallucinations Yeah. And if that's a gameplay mechanic, oh, shit. Like, I want it so bad. (laughs) That would be cool shit. It'd be sick. Don't have to go, like, full, like, uh, Eternal Darkness with it. But, like, even just a touch of it would be neat. I would really like it.
1: Hi. It's a cat. Cat going on. My cat's popping off, buddy. I know you're excited for Resident Evil 3 also. (laughs) Nothing else happened in that state of play, by the way. There was, like, another show of, like, a little, like, a skin for the Predator thing. There's female Predators in the game, apparently. Yes, I did want to talk about that briefly. Oh, okay, yeah. Because it lines up to how the internet can't have anything do. Oh, yeah, because they... Did you actually see anybody freak out about this?
0: There were a few people who were like, oh, okay, way to make Predator political. <laughs>
1: I sometimes have to sit down because there's a girl predator, and, dude. You need to sometimes just sit down and ask yourselves if, like, if these if these are parody or if these accounts are real. It's true. It's true. Because, like, dude, you see it all the time now. Where you go on the internet and be like, oh, the, these people are outraged about this thing in a game, and it's like one guy on this Twitter. True, and it's like, oh fuck.
0: The only take against the female predators that I kind of liked was this one guy who said, okay, I'm not against there being female predators. I'm all for it. But they're supposed to be way bigger than the males, according to the comic book lore. Let them have oh, tall GFs. <laughs> I'm down for that, too. Yeah, please. Like, Because that's insane. Because think about how big the Predator is. Normally, the male Predator is bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Oh, my God. I want that. I didn't know that was a thing since I've read comics. Uh, I didn't either, and I've read too many of them, as I've documented on this show, unfortunately. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that game's going to be good. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it is more functional than the Friday the 13th game that they made. That game was good, but it had a lot of problems,
1: especially early. It was their first foray into that. Yeah. So I think taking a similar technology... And doing shit with Predator, I think, will be a lot better for them. It's a little more ambitious than Friday the 13th, but I think it's something you should do as a studio true. as you're moving forward.
0: Um, oh, and continuing with uh, pre-orders are stupid. It's like, just give me the shit. Why does it gotta be pre-order? Yeah. Uh, you can't play as the normal, like, original Predator design unless you pre-order that game? Mm-hmm. Stupid. Thanks. I hate it I hate pre-work. Let me play as Danny Glover Can you do that? Is there human characters I can choose? I want to play as Danny Glover And just not listen To my police That'd chief That'd be great <laughs> Don't you go in I'm going in <laughs> <laughs> Every time dude Every time I love him I doubt there's any Urban environments anyway that seems like a jump. I'd love shit. some concrete jungle levels. They might maybe do that I'll later that on. Point. You've seen yeah. like
1: you've, you've seen the kind of shit they can add. Oh, they wanted to go all know? the
0: way to Jason X for the Friday the Thirteenth. They game. teased it. Yeah, oh, I would have loved that level. Fucking shit would have been it's neat. upsetting. Yeah. Fuck people fighting over the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. By the way, because it directly impacted shit like that. Yeah. It's stupid. Oh well. Hopefully, they just fight forever and we never get another Friday the Thirteenth movie oh, that'd
1: be because great. sequels are the devil. And that'd be uh, fantastic <laughs> The So the other thing You don't know say anything else I want to talk about From that presentation Those are the only two things That caught my eye
0: Not not necessarily Dreams is finally coming out
1: Yeah Holy we kinda, shit We kind of saw that coming Because it's been in early access For a while Yeah And uh Goose game
0: coming to the Switch It better have a plat Or I won't buy it Because otherwise I could just buy it on Yeah that's what I meant to say Otherwise I would just play it On anything else Right Like I, I'm sure it's going to have a plat It better did you get that whole like checklist thing on their so Yeah, it seems checklist. like a game that would work well with trophies being a thing. Oh yeah. So
1: I'm sure they have that in mind.
0: And Ghost of Tsushima looks cool. Yeah, dude. But uh, or no, it's Ghost oh, of Tsushima. Yeah, Ghost of. Tsushima. See, I think it used to be Ghosts, but now they're changing it to Ghost singular. Mm-hmm. Unless I've just Bernstein Bears effect. I think you did. Thinged, but it. Yeah, but <laughs> I whatever. Did. I entered a parallel universe where it's Ghost of Tsushima now. It looks cool, but we gotta wait for that uh, Game Awards, which uh, will air by the time this comes out. We'll probably talk about it next week, because I'm yeah. sure there'll be a lot of fucking game announcements. Find out who that fifth Smash character is. I'm sure that's gonna be in there, actually. I'm almost positive. It kinda has to be. There's no more big events this year for yeah. Nintendo, unless Nintendo does a direct themselves.
1: No, I think they're gonna have some announcements at Game Awards as they usually do. I think it's like a follow up to last year that we might see some stuff about Bayonetta 3. Yeah. And uh My cat is just He'd be in a cat (laughs) You know (laughs) I get big pets Coming your way (laughs) Motherfucker And then he ran away from me. Yeah then he ran away He wasn't liking that And then uh Yeah I think Smash character Is a guarantee I mean it better be It's gonna be Doomguy right It's gonna be
0: Dante right It's gonna be Gino right It's gonna be Sora right It's gonna be Goku
1: right It's gonna be Gordon Ramsay None of the ones you said are the one that I want in there. <laughs> who do you want in there? Uh, Lloyd Irving from Tales of Symphonia. That ain't happening. A GameCube exclusive game. You a crazy person. And they don't have uh, really much good uh, Bandai representation besides Pac-Man. Uh, not, not really a modern one, so I think putting uh, a character who had a big significance on the GameCube You'd see a Tekken character sooner than that. I'll tell you that. I'd be down for that. So yeah, what was the second thing? The Nintendo Indie. Yes, yeah, so the thing? Nintendo Indie presentation happened, and uh, I missed it entirely until this morning, and it happened. It, it aired yesterday, and I had no idea it even happened. Never even saw it until later in the night. The pre like, later in the night, the night before we recorded, and then this morning I watched some more about it. What is it? It's a sequel to Golf Story. Oh,
0: wait, just with everything. Yeah, but
1: yeah, but it like expands into other sports. It's oh no, yeah no, it's really funny. <laughs> like the trailer shows, like, you know, like your character hitting a golf ball into a tennis court, and oh. then you switch to tennis and you hit uh, the golf ball around in the tennis court. Wait, is it still golf ball though? You not uh, sometimes sometimes. It also apparently it mixes some sports together. Where you uh, had like,
0: oh, okay. You
1: got shooting a golf ball into somebody who was shooting it back at you with a tennis racket, and then you go and then you hit the golf ball get into a goal. <laughs> I don't know what kind of crazy shit they're coming up with. Hopefully, but, the ball can change shapes like in Glover. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> I'm so I, I I want that to happen so bad. Please. <laughs> Yeah, That's an interesting mechanic if it's in a good game. I'm just saying. It, it, it probably will be a good game. Golf Story's great. Golf Story's great. And so I'm very excited for that one. That they, Opening up that was a great idea. But I got a lot of lot of Switch indie boys very excited. And that's who this presentation's for. And then immediately after that, they surprised the fuck out of me uh, by revealing that Axiom Verge 2 exists. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't think anybody was even talking about that even being a thing. No, because... Dude, the guy who made it, uh, literally after releasing the game, he made the entire thing by himself and he's like, This was a nightmare. I'm never <laughs> doing this again. Well, here it is. <laughs> and, then, and then he's
0: doing you it. a You liar. Dude lied. Or he just has actual people working on it now. I'm sure there's more than one person working on that game now. Actually, Verge made
1: a, a lot of money, if I remember correctly. He quite a lot of money. Yeah. Just good for him because he's a very good dude who. Uh, the entire time while he was making that game was also working a day job and taking care of uh, his disabled wife. Oh, shit. So he was, like, going nutty. Dude was not sleeping. And he got Axiom Verge done in it, and now he could be comfortable, which is great. That's good. Good for him, dude. Yeah, and made a very great game. I love Axiom Verge. He'll probably make another good one. Yeah, we, we, we entered an era of, like, very good Metroidvania games. Which, there's actually a lot of them now, yeah. Yeah, which I'm, I'm so happy for. Between Ori and the Blind Forest and Hollow Knight and that Mummy game. <laughs> Demastered. Bloodstain, which is just Symphony of the Night 2, basically. Like, there's so many. And then we even had a good Metroid game, finally. With yeah. the Samus Returns, which is, just like, a remake of 2. We also start. had
0: that one uh, with the, uh, the really dark
1: setting. Uh, blah... blah. The blasphemy, something like that. Blasphemous. Yeah, that. I haven't gotten to play that yet, but I heard great things about it.
0: Uh, it looks fucked up.
1: I, I want to play it. Yeah, me too. I was thinking about picking it up here pretty soon. Because, oh man, I keep looking at it. and I'm like, huh, oh, gimme. So then the game awards are coming. Right. So yeah, the game awards are coming up. Do you want to do you want to do an overview of that shit? We've done it the last two years. Do you want to do, do an overview of it and then go into the hard?
0: Yeah, sure. What do you What do you, uh, you think? Well.
1: I don't know. What do you think is going to win? Well, let's let's go through the categories, at least the ones that matter to us. Okay, sure. That wouldn't be every category. Right. I don't have a whole lot of hot
0: takes this year. What I didn't play every do? single game. I
1: haven't voted yet. So, we're going to vote. <laughs> okay. While we go through the categories here.
0: Sure, dude. The get in job official vote. It will not sway the winnings at all.
1: No, not even I tell you bit.
0: what, When I, on my own personal time, I was a huge mark for Resident Evil 2. I voted for it in every single thing. Uh, we don't necessarily have to do that here. No. But uh, that's fine. You have played more games than me. I just wanted to vote for Resident Evil 2 because I wanted to vote for Resident Evil 2. Fair enough. I think it's a great game anyway.
1: Okay, sorry. I was signing into it. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with... We'll scroll down, and we'll scroll up to the bigger ones. Let's see. We're getting the eSports categories. Oh,
0: no. Ninja for Idiot of the Year. I don't think I care about any of these. Ninja for Best eSport Man Who Doesn't Know How to Make a Sandwich. Ninja for Guy Who Thinks He Knows How to Do Other People's Jobs, but probably can't.
1: Okay, let's start with uh, one that you don't know much about, but I do. A VR game. Okay, what's up for VR game? A game called Asgard's Wrath that I've never played. Uh Um, Blood and Truth, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky, which I haven't tried in VR yet, but I heard it's really good, and Trover Saves the Universe. Uh,
0: The little bit that I would know would tell me to say Beat Saber.
1: Yeah, Beat Saber is such a unique...
0: And, uh, That's a phenomenon. Like so many
1: people are playing that now, it caught on way more than any of those other games for yeah, sure. No, Beat Saber is, and inc- for rightly so, that game's incredible. I'm having so much fun playing that game, and I'm finally like starting to really understand it. Yeah, and like I'm playing, I'm beating almost every song in the game on expert now, and. It feels so good to be able to do some of the crazier sections in these That's songs. That's one of the best
0: feelings you can have in a rhythm game, when yeah. you feel like you've kind of like almost got it, and you can 100% things on the hardest difficulty.
1: Yeah, I beat uh, I beat the, the hardest song of the game on hard, and when I finally did it, that crystallized song, the one you saw me going crazy yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. I finally beat it. Cool. And I, I only missed 10 notes in the whole fucking thing, I got an A-ranking. Nice. And I was like and then just all of a sudden it just like hit me and it felt like I cracked the fucking code of Beat Saber and then I just started swinging through the whole fucking game on Expert and now I'm just I'm like good at the game and it's really fun and I love it so much I loved it more than when I first got it now because now you get to do crazier shit and you're like you feel good doing it and you feel competent at it like holy fuck this game's cool yeah yeah um there's a strategy game I did not play any strategy games this year so we're gonna skip it besides Fire Emblem Three Houses and Wargroove uh, so I guess I'll just give it to groove, which is a great game. Okay. Now, here we go. Was Get Disco Hart.
0: Elysium on there? I think that might have been what I said. Or no, that's on RPG. Sorry. That's RPG. That's on no. the RPG. Uh, racing game. Oh, yeah, dude. Crash.
1: Crash Team Racing is on here. Dirt
0: Rally 2.0. Is there anything better than Crash on there? Because Crash is actually, like, as much as I bitch about it, just because it's a never-ending fucking please grind and devote hours to me game. Uh, it is really mechanically great. I-, I like that game a
1: lot. Yeah. Okay, score and music. I think this is a big one for me personally. Sure,
0: dude. Well, what's up? Um, I would actually
1: know about this one. Cadence of Hyrule, which has an incredible soundtrack. That's, uh... That's the uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer yeah, guys? Yeah, no, I Zelda know, the game. That
0: probably should win.
1: I yeah. think that's what I voted for on my own. Uh, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Sayonara Wild Hearts, which I have yet to play, but I want That one to does me. have a good one from what I've heard. Apparently that game's really short. Yeah, well, it's just like a little mobile I'm game. into playing it, but, uh... I would go with Cadence of Hyrule. I'm absolutely going. I know it's of
0: like Hyrule. remixes of songs that already existed, but they're, they're fantastic, in- yeah. amazing remixes.
1: Yeah, they're just incredible. Some of the most, some of the most fun I've had with the, like music in a game this year. Just like you know, being such like a big fan of Zelda and then going in and playing those games and recognizing what they did to the music in it. Yeah, is super fun. And then the fact that it's mixed in with the gameplay too makes it more in- integral to the game. And it's, it's that much more rewarding. That's that like a rhythm good. game. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's a rhythm dungeon crawler game. Great. Uh, RPG. You have Disco Elysium, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. I'm going to vote for The Outer Worlds.
0: Okay, that's fine. Have you heard about Disco Elysium? Yet? I've heard about. it. Disco Elysium it. looks fucking fantastic, and yeah. the amount of choices you have in crafting your character in that game is fucking phenomenal. It I reminds need to play
1: me of. Uh, it reminds me of like back to, like Baldur's Gate days. That, that's kind of what it's a love letter to. So.
0: Sure, but it's incredibly complex the amount of yeah. crap you could do in that game mm-hmm. you could become racist great you can do that i don't
1: recommend it but you can do that all right so best performance we have uh, ashley birch as uh, parvati from the outer worlds and she did a great job um of course you hope is jesse uh, jesse Faden from control which i haven't played uh, laura bailey as kate from gears 5 uh, mads mickelstein as Mads Mickelstein. <laughs> I know that character has a name, but I'm not going to say it. It's Mads Mickelstein. <laughs> uh,
0: Nor, Norman ain't in there? Give it to Norman if he's N- in there. Norman's here. Give it to Norman. I'd give it to Norman. I kind of want to give it to Ashley Birch, though. That's fine. It's your vote, technically. No, I gave it, it, um, it to Norman. Like, honestly, like, this is a great year for him. He's finally, I feel like, coming into his own. Not just in having this big Death Stranding project come out, but even in The Walking Dead... I mean, I talked about it a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so happy that he's actually doing things instead of just being
1: the cool guy that doesn't say anything, ever. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be that in Death Stranding, and no, he's not. he says a lot of shit. No, he he talks a lot of shit to the people, to the higher-ups in that game, and it's great. Yeah. He just, he hates them. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Kojima writes that weird... uh, everyman character kind of well. Yeah. You know, and he he's been doing really it come. for years. Right. He does just as good of a job with good old Norman Fetus <laughs> and the Reedus <laughs> uh, Best ongoing game. Uh, this is the, probably that category that you have a game give a shit about. Uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. I'm going to give it to Final Fantasy 14. That's
0: probably a good call. They actually come out with significant large DLCs. And that, they're really good that make everybody excited about that game all the time. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Fortnite does do an impressive thing, which is update constantly, but I feel it's a
1: little too much. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of sad the Monster Hunter didn't get nominated, but whatever. Well, it was only one big thing. I mean, they do littler things, sure. Dude, they do a little thing every month, and it's like, it's, they add, they add like a monster to the game every month. It's really good. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, I'd rather have that over Apex Legends. As much as I love that game, it doesn't I don't think Apex do has much. done enough to win. Right, it doesn't do much, unfortunately. Maybe
0: a nomination, but like not a win.
1: Right, uh, narrative. We have uh, a Plague Tale, Innocence, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and the Outer Worlds. I'm going to give it to the Outer Worlds. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I won't argue one way or the other. Because uh, I love the uh, just the big fuck you capitalism overarching part of the narrative there. That's nice. On, on yeah. top of that, it has great characters. Um, the, the the overarching story is actually really interesting, too. I, mean, I
0: gave that to Plague's Tale because I've seen a bit of that game from people streaming it. It looks really it's cool. It's pretty fucking excellent. I need to play that game. I'm, I haven't
1: played enough games this year. It's been a problem of mine. Uh, best multiplayer well, same, game. same, dude. Yeah. Right, best multiplayer game. We have Apex Legends. Crash Team Racing. Borderlands 3. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. A Tetris 99. And <coughs> Vision 2. <coughs> I think I gave this to Tetris 99. I sure do, uh, buddy. Like that I thing like was it. a phenomenon yeah. for a little bit. I still play it, so. And from time to time, I'll just whip up, whip it open on my Switch and get destroyed by like Koreans. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, mobile game, but if Apex is on there, that's a pretty good one to vote for. I love Apex as yeah. well. That's uh, probably it's it's one of my favorite games from this year. So is Tetris 99, though. But okay, get to get to that when we get to our year end. Uh, mobile game, Call of Duty Mobile grindstone which i've never played sayonara wild hearts sky children of light and what the golf which i really want to play
0: i would say sayonara wild hearts because that's the only one that i'm seeing in other categories as far
1: as a mobile game goes like it's supposed to be that good right okay uh best independent game baba is you disco elysium katana zero the outer wilds and untitled goose game uh, this are, was a tough
0: one. I wanted to strange. say Outer Wilds though, because Outer Wilds is pretty fucking great. It's I phenomenal. Outer Wilds should be nominated for Game of the Year. I don't think it is, but it should be. What if I give
1: it to Untitled Goose Game though?
0: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you're necessarily incorrect,
1: but like, it is. The rest of these. The games Outer Wilds are has a lot great. to chew on for a game. That's a really great game. Actually, I'm gonna give it to Katana Zero. Okay. Which I adore. That's also a good game all five of these games might, not, might end up being like that's a really hard category this list.
0: year more than any other year there's the indie games were better than the triple A games this year absolutely absolutely I think so I think my favorite game of the year was still like a triple A if you want to say but like damn indie games were good this year
1: yeah absolutely Like uh, games for impact uh, thought provoking like you know games that have a statement ah uh, goose game uh, concrete genie gree kind words life is strange too and sea of solitude I have no idea.
0: I don't think I voted on this one.
1: I'm probably not going to. Yeah. Actually, just kidding. I'm going to vote for... Uh, I'm going to vote for green. I just like the art style. Uh, <laughs> this is the problem with the Game
0: Awards. Yep. <laughs> I anyone, mean, well, nobody, anyone can just bop in and go, fuck it.
1: Thankfully, the community doesn't actually affect the, the actual award. So. Oh, all right. Oh, it's just like a separate thing? Yeah, there's a whole... There's a panel. That's good, like an, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's oh, good. It's like a, the Oscars. It's right? a panel of like a bunch of different game outlets. All right, cool. uh, All right. Cool. Game direction. We have Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, and Outer Wilds. I'm gonna give that to Death Stranding. Uh, that's fine. Kojima knows how to direct a game. Like holy shit. <laughs> that like the uh, the deliberate way that game progresses is just. I'm cool with good. that. That's a.
0: A fine one to give it to. I'm sure that's going to be a divisive game this year at the Game Awards.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I know there's a lot of publications that uh, weren't feeling it. I mean, enough enough publications nominated it for Game of the Year that it showed up. Yeah. So, like... Um, Fresh Indie Game, which is recognizing an indie studio. You have Za'um for Disco Elysium. Namada Studio for Gree. Dead Toast Entertainment for My my Friend Pedro, Uh, Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds, Mega Crit for Slay the Spire, and House House for Untitled Goose Game. I'm going to give it to Mobius Digital. Okay. And then Fighting Game, DOA 6, Jump Force. How did Jump Force get nominated? You gotta
0: give it to Jump Force, Jusby. You gotta give it to Jump
1: Force. MK11, Samurai Showdown, or Smash Ultimate? I'm gonna give it to Smash Ultimate. Fucking Smash Ultimate, bruh. The fuck? family game these are n- basically the nintendo game category yeah i noticed that uh, I noticed luigi's that. mansion 3 ring fit adventure mario maker 2 smash ultimate and yoshi's crafted world i gave
0: that one to ring fit adventure just because i keep hearing that that's actually a really good thing that is cool i don't know about a family game necessarily but like maybe like mom and dad could play it just as easily as the kids
1: right if you want to view it like that i'll give it to luigi's mansion 3 okay luigi baby over smash yeah now here's esports stuff that I don't because uh, I, I, I want smash like smash more as a fighting game than a family game that's fair I guess uh, t- 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 skip the esports categories content creator of the year do I care I don't know any it's of these guys <laughs> PewDiePie <laughs> <laughs> let's get to Dr. Lupo because he donates a lot of money to charity <laughs> um, community support recognizing a game for outstanding community support transparency and responsiveness uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I will give this to the Apex community. Actually, really? Yeah. Besides that stupid outburst they had, it's nice. besides that, that the, thing with the thirty
0: dollar axe.
1: Yeah. Well, because the Because right. at least the devs were honest and transparent about it. I mean. Okay. I think they they still managed the community reasonably well. Besides that big blunder, and since then they've kind of like brought everything back. Like they they, uh they finally made it so you could earn boxes in the game more easy more easily. I didn't talk about this newest update for Apex on the podcast like I usually do. But uh They made it so you could get boxes more easily, which lets you get a lot more stuff. They also added the old event items to the loot pool. Oh, that's good. Like I got one of the Halloween skins the other day. So thankfully we can actually get stuff now. So it's not as big of a deal as it was. They've kinda fixed it. Then uh audio design. We have Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, Gears 5, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro.
0: I gave it to Resident Evil because yep. uh, I really liked the sound design in that I game. I absolutely love the sound design in that game. The zombies. Mm-hmm. And you can a, absolutely tell how far away
1: they are. Art direction we have Control, Death Stranding, Gree, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro, and Link's Awakening. I'm going to give that to Link's Awakening remake.
0: I did as well. The art, I love design, the art design, design in that is in that incredible. Game
1: incredible looks like a little little clay boy Mm, it's great it's great action adventure game we have Borderlands 3 Control Death Stranding Resident Evil 2 Link's Awakening and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice I'm gonna give that to uh, Resident Evil 2 yeah that's what I did who would've guessed wow action game Apex Legends Astral Chain Modern Warfare Devil May Cry 5 Gears 5 and Metro Exodus I'm giving that to Apex Legends I gave it to DMC I feel like that game uh, defines the word action,
0: because it's uh, it's, it's all you're doing is killing shit. The game. You make the same argument for Apex. I suppose so, but that one doesn't have Dante in it. From the Devil May Cry games. (laughs) should have that sticker on Devil May Cry 5. That, That should be on every game. It's every game Yeah and oh, then actually, okay. But then you have to Follow up and actually Put Dante in every single game I'm down for that I feel like they just Should at this point
1: <laughs> It's a disappointment Not to <laughs> And then finally Game of the year You have Control Death Stranding Resident Evil 2 Sekiro Shadows That twice Smash Ultimate And The Outer Worlds It's unfair to me to Smash <sighs> It's Ultimates. Worlds not
0: Wilds That's nominated right. Correct Yeah That's kind of a shame I mean Worlds is great I just wish Wilds Got a spot Yeah Despite the confusion Right uh, I gave this to Resident Evil 2, buddy. But you might have a different. Thing. I mean,
1: I want to give it to Smash Ultimate because, like, I, I considered that greatly. Over the last year from this point, Smash Ultimate's been my favorite game. It's the one I've put the most time into. It's the one that I probably like the most.
0: And may continue. And, and also, it having a big announcement and winning game of the year would probably be a lit combo. That would be really cool. I'll give it to
1: Smash Ultimate. Well, I don't then think there it wins, you go. But I don't think it wins. It'll, it'll, go to, it'll go to Resident Evil 2 or uh, Death Stranding, I think.
0: It's not going to go to Death Stranding. No,
1: actually, no, it's probably going to the Outer Worlds.
0: It's probably going to the Outer Worlds.
1: Which I would be completely okay with, because that game is incredible. It's exactly Also, that what... would be a big fuck you to Bethesda, and I would laugh. Yeah. I would laugh
0: so much. I would laugh all the day. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Can we make a new Fallout? No.
1: Okay. Makes it anyway and wins game of the year without Bethesda making any money. From right. They uh, are, are you ready for good old Jim Sterling's shittiest games? Like they put Fallout 76 on it again because of all the shit that happened this year? He should. <laughs> I think he's going to do it's it. It's
0: honestly like gotten worse and worse every time that game shows up in the news. It just gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah. I can't believe it. Where, like, the merch is killing people. (laughs) 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 Like, short of Todd coming to your house and kidnapping you, (laughs) it couldn't get much worse. But, like, who knows? Stay tuned for E3. (laughs) I guess. Maybe Todd will just open fire on (laughs) crowds. You know, who knows? Who knows? It's just a
1: glitch in the Fallout system. (laughs) Oh, no, guys. Sweet God, that's Game Awards coming up. I guess we'll talk a little bit about it next week. I'm getting a little bit of time gap. Yeah, it's fine. You got any
0: predictions for things that get announced? I'm hoping yeah. Batman, but you know, I always hope Batman. Every and year, I, happens. You
1: know, every year I say Rocksteady is going to reveal their game, so I'm just going to say that Rocksteady reveals their game. At this point, I might as well keep trying. Um, I think we get a, that game's
0: a PS5 launch by now. Like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. That it's coming out on PS4. No. Unless, it's, unless it was the Harry Potter game. Like, I don't
1: know. Yeah, we'll see. I would mean, be fine with that being a PS5 launch game. Cool. Um, we're going to... I think we're going to get the, the Fifth Fighter's Past character.
0: Yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see, like, at least one other Nintendo announcement. Maybe two. Uh, It seems like Nintendo Nintendo was like advertising The Game Awards On their Twitter and shit That's true So like I think Do you think we get a Zelda? No We won't see Breath of the Wild 2 stuff Until E3 They like They probably Like literally Just started working on it That's true Right before E3 And that's why they put together Just that little bit of footage Well they could Kojima it And just show a CGI trailer And not anything else They showed like a half ass CGI CGI trailer already But like I'm happy about it Because I didn't know That would be a thing Right. Well, no one did. That blew everybody's minds. Yeah, I didn't know they were gonna take like the Majora's Mask approach and just make a fucking sequel. <laughs> what the shit? It's
0: crazy. Honestly, I, I didn't think that was a possibility. Now make a now make a Odyssey 2. You can do it
1: Nintendo I Your cat is be. fucking a box In the corner What's going on? He's scratching it down So he could go do the lay You just see cats do that
0: Gotta make a nest mm-hmm. My dog does that My dog's not a cat But it does it
1: yeah, most, A lot of animals do that he, yeah. It's them needing their thing To make it comfy for them But it's just a box So he's not doing anything <laughs> to it <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're stupid. <laughs> As he lay, in a box. He's in a little box. I'm, I might post a photo of it to the Jen and Jub Twitter, just to, just to give context to what is happening right it's, now. It's pretty funny. My cat is in a little Debbie Crunch Donuts box. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> you good, buddy? You good? He's donuts. Oh, he's he is the donuts. <sighs> yeah, that's. I think that's what I, I don't think uh, we see too much out of Sony or maybe not even Microsoft. Well, we at least see Still Ghost third of party. Tsushima. Right, yeah, we know that. So that's probably
0: Sony's big thing.
1: I think that's going to be far As far as Microsoft
0: goes, I don't know. Do we see a glimpse of Halo, or do they just sh- save that for E3? Maybe it'll be
1: something smaller. You'll be insane. Uh, You'll be fucking insane. What would be insane? So, Sony has kind of been out for with like the PS5 and what it kind of has been, right? Yeah. And uh, Xbox has stayed relatively quiet about Project Scarlet. What if, like, at the very end of the conference is like Jeff you come coming to make a little speech, like now you can see the future of gaming, and then fucking Phil Spencer comes out and go like, "Here's your first look at Project Scarlet." And here it and is, then, and he throws it on the floor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and like, here you go. Here's what. Here's our console. Yeah. And just like announces that shit on like the fast fi- the final thing at the Game Awards. And then everyone in the audience looks
0: over, and there's a Google Stadia. And then the audience just points at it and laughs. There
1: isn't, like, a Google Stadia, get hard. It it's not a console. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so they just look at the cloud and they laugh at <laughs> it. <laughs> I thought they brought
0: something out. Like, it's basically like a glorified, like, uh, no, it, it's a, Chrome stick or yeah, whatever it's a Chrome, you want to call it. Yeah. All
1: that Google Stadia Founders Pack, it's, like, just, it gives you a Chromecast Ultra. That's what it's called. And that's the thing that's already been out. Yeah. And, and the controller, which uh, doesn't work. The way they oh, said yeah.
0: it would. I'm hearing those controllers are shit. Yep. But but at least they have gender neutral colors. Great. That's the thing that they said. Why? Uh, it didn't make any sense. They said something along the lines of most controllers uh, have more masculine colors and that, you know, perpetuates the stereotype that it's only for males. So we chose genderless colors like white and black
1: All right so which
0: I've never seen any of those colors on any console that I've ever seen except all of them so they really made a point there they saved the, day.
1: the companies typically just put like basic colors on a controller and then later on they'll, re- they'll release more niche colors like the rose gold PS4 controller That thing that is
0: cool looking. Come on, man. Yeah. They got a purple PS4 controller now you can buy. hmm My brother has it, it's great. And
1: Xbox got a billion different colors too. Like, Xbox has a whole website where Google you go high. on there. Yeah, they're Google they're high fucking stupid. Spot. They're stupid as fuck. You know, Nintendo their... has all these different colors you can customize your Joy Cons with. Uh fucking they were neon colors from the get go. Yeah. yeah. There's neon blue and blue and red. And that's
0: also a generalization to say that. Oh, uh, the girls don't like the black or white controllers. If that's what they were going for, that's stupid. I have no idea. Humans like all kinds of colors. I'm like I'm. Like, I'm who cares?
1: Fuck, fuck gender norms. I'm a guy and I
0: like pink. You it's gotta like, like pink if you're grill. Gotta like blue if you're guy.
1: Right? Like it doesn't make a fucking difference. Pink is a gay color. Well, Trump. And I'll be choking on dick all day, baby. <laughs> it's
0: my favorite color. What a what a dumb hill to die on! I fucking hate. I can't it. believe Google is trying so hard for the Stadia them. to be a thing. I hate them so much. I hate
1: them. I, I will never purchase anything for Stadia ever.
0: What if Half Life Three is exclusive to Stadia?
1: Nope. <laughs> I don't want Half Life Three at this point. You're getting something. Half Life. I hope Half Life Alex is good. it's like, good actually. Yeah. And if it is, I'll be a little more excited for Half-Life 3, but like, Jesus Christ, man, it's been forever. The only way you make Half-Life 3 is just
0: hire somebody else to make Half-Life 3 right. at this point. I think that's yeah. what they're
1: doing. Well. They brought in all these studios, and apparently a bunch of people from them are working on these Half-Life projects. Okay. So instead of doing it in-house, they were just kind of like, with the people who have been making Half-Life all these years, and most of them are gone now anyway. They're like, all right, let's get these talented people yeah. who love Half Life to make Half Life.
0: I mean, I was just assuming it was dead, but like, maybe we'll get to an even worse point, and it like should have stayed
1: dead. If Alex is bad, that's what we're gonna. That's what everybody's yep. opinion's gonna be. Yep, is that all? Oh, Half Life should have stayed dead because now it has a blemish. So, speaking of franchises that are dead,
0: uh, hard, dead hard.
1: <laughs> is it time
0: to? Yeah, it's,
1: we're now we're in fam. It's time. All
0: right. Well. It was not a good day to Die Hard, actually. Mm-mm. it's a pretty bad day to Die Hard, really. Ah! A good day to Die Hard is a 2013 <laughs> film. The fifth and possibly final film in the Die Hard franchise. Uh, the working title for this movie was Die Hard
1: 24-7. Ew.
0: <laughs> I, I agree. Now... This didn't stay the title for long, uh, but while it was the title, this prompted unwarranted internet speculation that this film would actually be a crossover between Die Hard and 24. John McClane and Jack Bauer kicking some heads. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know why people thought this. There was no basis to it besides the number 24, but 24-7 is a thing people say. So right. I don't know. People are dumb. But think about that movie and how terrible that could have been. Could have been a more legendary thing to talk about today. The film was written by Skip Woods. Now, I don't want to be mean, but I'm going to show Justin a picture of Skip Woods right now. Uh, Just so that he can know.
1: Whoa. (laughs) All right, dude. (laughs) That guy you, looked like you reacted exactly how I thought you were going to react. That dude looked like he went like went to save a lot. Uh-huh. Got some linguini. Yeah. Bought some gold spray paint. <laughs> spray painted the linguini. Uh-huh. Glue to his head. <laughs> you might be right. If you want to see this picture,
0: just type in Skip Woods on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a very candid photo of this beautiful man With uh, gold linguini hair. His name is Skip Woods. Now, he probably got the job because he wrote a bit of Live Free or Die Hard, which had, as we previously established, like 90 writers. Right. Uh, At at least I assume. Now, he could have also got the job from his great writing career before that, such as films like Swordfish and X-Men Origins Wolverine, which he co-wrote with good guy David Benioff, who went on to ruin Game of Thrones. Uh, He also wrote the A-Team movie and both of the Hitman movies. So he's a great guy, great writer, nothing wrong here. Everything's fine. (laughs) And then the film was directed by John Moore, who previously directed, behind enemy lines, the Omen remake <laughs> and Max Payne. Oh, yeah, no. I forgot there was a Max Payne oh, movie. Oh, no, no. Now, no. is he a bad director? Yeah. Not if you ask critic Armand White, uh-uh. who has praised his work, saying Moore is, quote, a peck and paw esque neo. Eisenstein stylist whose grade B material has kept him from receiving the acclaim he deserves. If you're not familiar with Armand White, he's that guy who like when you see that a movie has one bad review, but all the other reviews are positive, that's Armand White. He's the bad review. I think he purposefully looks for movies that are Like 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and he goes and puts in his review so that it drops a little bit. (laughs) And then for bad movies, he gives them a good review just because he is an insane person. Uh, At least that is the stereotype about this man. I don't know if it's one-to-one. I don't know much about, you know, I haven't studied every single one of his reviews. But he's a fascinating individual because it's hard to tell if he's being serious ever. Because he'll hate Wait. shit like Toy Story 3 and not really give a good reason. <laughs> and he'll just say some shit that, like, you know, ah, it sucks. And <laughs> just put up the review. Stop it from having a perfect Rotten Tomatoes score. Just to be a dick. So, yeah. Maybe John Moore's not good. Maybe. Or maybe, or maybe he's maybe, a huh? secret,
1: secret genius. I'm gonna put these caps <sighs> back on the right way. For context. I'm drinking some Mountain Dew. Out of a Fiji bottle. It looks like nuclear water. Yeah, and uh, I switched the caps. I'm switching back. <laughs> so,
0: big part of why this movie's bad to me is because John Moore decided to film the majority of the action with handheld cameras, Yeah, and it made the entire film-going experience terrible. For me, um, oh absolutely! Shaky cam is annoying to me. Handheld cam work. We talked about this in uh,
1: for Die Hard three, where it yeah, was apparent you know. in a couple scenes. But like it this was only is a
0: few scenes. This is like in every scene. Yeah, all the action scenes are filmed like this. It's filmed like it's almost found footage, but like it's not, and it's clearly not. So it doesn't have that charm. It wouldn't anyway. So why did he do this? Moore said the decision. Oh, no, I do it. <laughs> Stop eating on the podcast. <laughs> The decision was that, quote, McLean is in a strange world with little or no initial control over his environment. He's unable to anticipate things as he normally might. He's caught off guard, and we want the camera to mimic that surprise and confusion. This sounds like a lie. It's a, it's
1: <laughs> a blatant lie. <laughs>
0: Because honestly, as far as the God-tier die-hard man, diehard man stuff goes...
1: It's, it's worse uh, than ever.
0: Yeah, he... Like, what are you talking about confused and unable to react? Like, he's never caught off guard in this movie. They have the upper hand in every single situation they're in.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, even when they're tied up, they just go, ah, fuck it, and then they're not tied up. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. There's no real logic to any of it. So uh, let's talk briefly about um, what this movie even is. Yeah, we got uh, we got Jai Courtney in this bitch. Jai Courtney plays Jack McClane. Uh We previously saw Jai Courtney in Terminator Genesis, Jusby. Yep, we did. As Kyle Reese. Yep. Uh, you can also see him play the iconic, iconic character Captain Boomerang. In Suicide Squad, and the upcoming The Suicide Squad. (laughs) God damn it. Because, you know, things get rebooted in a matter of months now. I, I guess he was all right. I won't say the acting in this movie is the bad part, at least from your two leads. It's mainly everything else. There are times where it seems like Bruce Willis doesn't want to be there. Oh, yeah. But... I don't know if that's acting or not, (laughs) because, you know, as he'll say twenty times in this film, "Ah, "I'm on vacation," (laughs) which is supposed to be funny. It's not, but it's really not. (laughs) So, uh, tell me about Die Hard Five, just Moscow. Yep, yep, that's it.
1: We're we're Moscow, Russia, baby.
0: A lot of the posters for this movie had the phrase yippee Kaye Mother Russia on it, which is dumb.
1: We get... So this movie starts off with a little bit of backstory about what's happening in Moscow, Russia. You have a very, very uh, co- corrupt Russian official named Victor Chargin. Um, is, a, is trying to incriminate a political prisoner uh, who's named Yuri Komanov. Komorov? Komorov, that's Komarov. it. Komorov, yeah. Um... By not giving him a fair trial, uh, but Komarov ref- uh, refuses to hand over hand over this document that he's asking about, which we don't know what that is.
0: We might as well just say what it is now, because this movie's plot is it's actually just implicating,
1: confusing. Right? It's it's just it's just a file with like implicating stuff against this this uh, this politician. Well,
0: specifically, he he made Chernobyl blow up, I guess. Yeah, which I don't. I don't know how much this steps on the Chernobyl shit that actually happened and is insulting. But it seems like it is.
1: Yeah. It Absolutely. It seems like they're just
0: making up a bunch of shit. Which they are. And that's kind of rude to do with an actual event that happened. A little bit. It's like if uh, in mm-hmm. Die Hard 3, he was chasing after good old Simon Gruber, and it turns out that Simon Gruber did 9-11. Right. But, like... That would be really weird if they said that, right? Yeah. It'd be really off-putting if he said that, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know why they chose Chernobyl. Because
1: Russia! That's the Russian thing, right?
0: Yep, that's the ah, thing in Russia. In,
1: you know. Right. And so, let we get a shot of uh, Jack McLean? Mm-hmm. John McLean's sonny son. Diehard Jr. Little little baby boy. Diehard Jr. Uh, you see him going towards uh, an area. He's like he's like disguised. He rips off the disguise, gets a gun, and just shoots a dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Not yeah, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but he's supposed to be a good guy, right? But yeah. he still just kills a guy in cold blood here, right? And by by orders from the government, apparently. All right, just checking. Just seems like a fucked up thing to do. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that dude was
1: a terrible person. Hopefully. I don't know. We don't know anything about him. <laughs> he just like killed like like I thought I thought Jack McLean was a dickhead going into this movie because literally the introduction you get to him is just him just killing a guy <laughs> he's also playing chilling J. in a club
0: so that didn't help me not think right. he's a dickhead also he acts like a dickhead the whole movie anyway, he does so. he is a dickhead yeah
1: so whatever yeah i guess his character's a dickhead
0: yeah even if he's a heroic one he he is a dickhead
1: we had a title sequence that is boring and makes me
0: sad i agree i miss the good smack you in the face with the title die hard credit sequences from 2 and 3 yeah like
1: they scared the shit out of me both times, and now I miss them. One had one as well.
0: Yeah, iconic, dude. Keep doing that, please.
1: Be like, die hard, like I right want to in your briefly face. Briefly talk about something here.
0: Uh, during the initial introduction to Russia, so we see a shot of uh, a woman driving a motorcycle in a uh, skin-tight leather jumpsuit. Yep. Then she goes into a parking garage and takes it off. Yeah. Now they cut away from this, but this shot is in all the in all the trailers. And it continues. And she takes off the jumpsuit and, like, gratuitously shows off her tits as she's, like, sexily taking off the jumpsuit. Um, So, gee, Jusby, I I wonder why this is in the trailers and not the actual film. Yeah. Could it be to sell tickets? Could it be... They're like, ooh, the boob. They're tit in movie. it. That classic sex sells marketing push. And then it's not even in the movie. <laughs> I bet it didn't help this one that much. Probably not. Well, it I made money. It made money. It's a diehard movie. You, I, you, my point is you don't even need it to sell it. It's Bruce Willis. die diehard. It's supposed to like be a thing that everyone would go see anyway. But, whatever. This is uh, Yulia Snyder, who plays Irina, the daughter of Komarov. Um, maybe, like, I would have just cut this scene entirely, because if you want to have that scene where, like, she yeah, betrays you. him. Like, why would we, like, have this scene early in the movie where she's, like, suspiciously... Driving a motorcycle around and stripping in a parking garage. Like, clearly it suggests that something's up. And it's not just, like, whatever. Right. I don't know. It's weird to me. This
1: whole movie's weird to me. Yep. Well, we get a hard cut to John McClane shooting at some targets in the police station. And a guy, I don't know who it is, walks up to him and goes like, I found a file on your son it's like, let me see it. hmm And then he sees it. He's like, yeah. Oh, he's in Russia. Yeah. He 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 jail. Uh-huh. Oh no. Yeah. Go get go get some. Go get some Russia. Right. So he Yeah goes to goes to goes to Russia. Yep. That was it. That was by the way, it took about as long as it took for me to tell you for that scene to happen. Uh it's very quick. You might have like, took longer. To set up than the, the plot. Right. Yeah. Just to set up the plot of the movie. You know, takes no time. Just goes like, oh, so a Rusher, go get him. He's like, okay, go get him. And then left. Yeah. That's it. Yep. You have a, you have a scene in the car with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Reprised from...
0: Oh, God. I want to talk about, about this. Hard. This is some bullshit. Yeah. This is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yep. As Lucy Um. Uh, she just reprises her role in, in two brief scenes. The end of the movie and the beginning of the movie. She's there and, and then a brief phone call during a chase sequence because haha comedy right now I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think including continuity from the previous film is actually a good idea yeah. it's something that the die-hard movies don't do enough honestly yeah They're like they kind of like ignore all previous entries all the time uh, but the weird thing is so we watched the theatrical cut yes not the extended cut. the extended cut cuts. Mary Elizabeth Winstead out of the film and that actually makes the extended edition shorter than the theatrical cut so it's not even actually longer even though extended would suggest as much Right. extended means that they have more shots of the action scenes and maybe there's a little more blood in some parts that's it now I can't find an actual reason why they did this but if I were to speculate, I would speculate that the studio forced the director to have her in the movie, because by now Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a bigger star than she maybe was when 2007's Live Free or Die Hard came out. So they probably like forced her, maybe even in reshoots, to be in the movie briefly in a prologue and epilogue. And maybe the director didn't want it to be in there, because his vision was whatever his vision was.-hmm. So when he did the director's cut, which is kind of what the extended cut is, he cut her out entirely. But I think the movie makes more sense with her in it than without her in it. And cutting her entirely seems incredibly rude. It absolutely, is. to marry Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, I I don't I don't like. Why would you not want her in it in the first place? I don't know.
1: It, it, it doesn't make it any. It serves sense. as
0: a decent enough opening and ending to your movie. Yeah, I mean the movie sucks, but at the very least, the structure of having him talk to his daughter before he goes to save his son. And then at the end of the movie, when the family is united, makes narrative sense to me more than her not being in the film in, at all. That's right. just depressing. Like, what? Did he get estranged from his daughter again after four happened? Why do they always have to fuck with his family so hard? Just let him have family.
1: <laughs> right. It's so weird. I don't, it's I don't fucking care. truly
0: bizarre I've also never seen an extended edition be shorter than the fucking normal movie what a fucking scam that is yeah it's terrible glad we didn't watch that what well, they had the scene with the boobs ah uh, probably but it's not even boobs it's just you know the bra and panties which is in the trailer, so like you can just watch the trailer if you're that horny. <laughs> like, go watch the trailer for "Live for Your Die." Hard. If you're
1: that horny, you're not going to watch the trailer for "Live for Your Die Hard." <laughs> you're
0: going to accidentally jerk off to Bruce Willis. Oh. Unless you're into that, I don't know, but oh. I, I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs>
1: All right, so you get John McCain going to Russia. He rides. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he has a little scene where he's getting taken by a taxi. And like... This scene was okay. Yeah,
0: was It bad. lasted a little long, but something this movie kind of lacked was humor that worked. It takes itself very seriously, oddly yeah. enough, most of the time. Especially early on. And I felt like you need kind of scenes like this, where there's kind of like goofy things happening in a yeah. Die Hard movie. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't hate this scene. I liked that the guy started singing a Frank Sinatra song, "Badly," um, and then I liked that they started playing that song. But I hated that they instantly cut it because they started showing footage of uh, his his sons on like trial for murder. Yeah, along with Komarov, and I thought it would be really cool juxtaposition to continue playing the Frank Sinatra song that's like all triumphant and fun. During murder trial, leading up to the explosions that happen, that would have been sick. It would have been like the moment in Die Hard uh, 3's opening credits where they're playing uh, that song before explosions start happening. Right. Like, please do fun things like that, especially with your score in movies. I, it was just a boring, self-important fucking score. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. It's, like, it's got like spy movie shit in it. It's just stupid. <laughs> I liked some of the score. I like the spy movie vibes that it had, but this doesn't really feel like a spy movie in any way. So I don't know why it was there. Because it's the son spy man. Sure, very covert, <laughs> very covert missions happen yeah. in this movie. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> All right. So big explosion happens. Um, you have good old Jack taking taking Komarov. Yeah, out of they will they they get out of the courthouse and uh, they start running away. They get in a car and then uh, runs into runs into John and John tries to get his attention. He's like, "Fuck off, Dad!" And then yeah,
0: it's kind of a cool moment.
1: Yeah, where he's like, "Dad, what the fuck?" But then he just like keeps
0: going on and on about it. Where he's like, "You're not supposed to be here, John." Fuck, real edgy. You could tell that they're. He hates his dad for whatever reason. I don't know. Establishing the weak-ass arc this movie will have. Yeah. (laughs) It's obvious before you even see any of it happen. Oh, he hate dad. But then by end of movie, guess what? Like dad who would have guessed who would have guessed the character development God, in this fucking, movie it's so basic it's it's basic bitch tier,
1: <laughs> character so, development they get noticed by bad guys they got a big ass tank thing yeah so then they're, they chase after them like oh we gotta get them plows into
0: I think 200 cars yeah this sequence doesn't end no this felt like an hour yeah this is the shortest Die Hard movie by far. It's only like 93 minutes or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It felt like the longest one. Yeah. Partially because of segments like this that just went on and on and on and on. Just make your point and get out, dude. Like I mean, Action scenes don't have to last 20 minutes. This right. chase sequence was so fucking long. And, and it gave me a headache because of the way the camera is. Yeah. It's just fucking shaking all over the fucking place like Michael J. Fox got the camera.
1: It's terrible, dude.
0: <laughs> Rude joke, sorry.
1: No, it's all good. Yeah, so this sequence takes literally forever, but eventually we come to, after a bunch of really unimpressive action and really bad camera work, we get the sequence ends and uh, the claim knocks over the tank. <sighs> After flipping his own yeah, car. Yeah, he just
0: is able to do that.
1: Yeah. And then and then he runs to his son. His son's like, He says, like, I'm on in. vacation or something when yeah. he does it, too. Right. Oh, and his daughter calls him during this scene, and it's stupid comedy moment. It's like, oh, hold on, honey, and, like, puts the phone down and, like while he's, like, bashing into cars in the street and, like, doing crazy shit. They, they,
0: uh, they cut this out of the extended edition as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it has right. her in it. Uh, anyway I didn't mind the attempt At humor Right I think that A lot of what Four and five miss Is that Die Hard Is kind of funny
1: Yeah And uh Should actually embrace Those humorous elements I think uh Something that three Does a really good job at Is like having that like Awkward like Like cringe humor Sometimes Yeah that's why you, The entire dynamic Between Bruce Willis And Samuel L. Jackson In that movie Is kind of like Awkward Yeah it's I like it to a be. lot Yeah like, they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're working together, and they eventually come to like each other, but...
0: it's It feels a lot more natural than the character development in this movie, which oh, I yeah. guess is technically similar. It is. But
1: well, it works more a lot better in 3. It's more one-sided, because it's just like Jack yeah. and his dad. Yeah. Whereas like in, in Die Hard 3, both of these guys don't like each other, and they have to work together. Yeah, they're just annoyed by fun. the situation they're in. Right. Yeah. Which is a lot more fun. I think so. I think so. So uh, they get to a safe house together after John jumps in the van. Um, uh, they have uh, Jack's partner meets them there. Uh, demands Komarov's with them. He demands the location of this file we mentioned earlier from him. Uh, he says that they have to go to uh, what was it? To go to a hotel in the city to get a key. He needs to meet his daughter. Right, and then uh, and then he had Komarov said he needs to meet his daughter in this hotel. So uh, right after they get that dev- that little bit of uh, development out of the way, they start getting shot at again, immediately. Yeah. But uh, Jack's partner gets shot in the head, and then action breaks down, and this is another long scene. Yeah.
0: And uh, be- we we begin to showcase just how invincible. Our characters are this time around. Yeah. Another aspect of the Die Hard movies that I actually really like is that John McClane gets the shit beat out of him throughout these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still gets the job done by the end of the day, but he's, like, bleeding out by the time it's over. Yeah. These movies make him feel like a 100% a video game character where he's just invincible and is just going from one level to the next and taking out all the bad guys without even trying. Yeah Same with his son There's a the part where he Takes a piece of rebar Out of his son And it's like nothing
1: Right Just Which, like Ah whatever Fuck it By the way It would like Put you in the hospital Because you're, you're More than likely Bleeding internally Yeah And like you aren't Going to be able to and it's, Go instead, do more Instead it's just
0: like Ah take it out Put a band aid on it It's fine Jesus
1: Christ Yeah you know, whatever And yeah that happens Afterwards in the hotel scene
0: Right I'm just saying An example of how Like the, there's no tension With any of your action Because your characters Feel invincible not so every man as the other movies. Yep. That kind of started in four, but they kind of like just reach new heights with this one or new lows rather, to be honest.
1: Yeah. So after they escape the safe house, they go to the hotel after a little bit of like, just a little bit more exposition about the way Bruce Willis feels about his son's relationship. And then his son listens in on it. Cause of course he does. And then they get to uh, then they get to the hotel and this is where we meet Komarov's daughter uh, who we saw earlier in the movie and know is probably bad. Yeah, but here we are. yeah, they kind of they play it the movie plays it off like you don't know. It's kind of like <sighs> weird.
0: Yeah, I guess. And then Bruce Willis starts to suspect things, but I don't know if there's any reason that Bruce Willis would know to be suspicious. He just turns on his detective mode, I guess, and just goes, something smells fishy. Hey, did, how'd you get here? Traffic bad? You took this thing? Oh, I heard that thing is bad traffic. You didn't go that way. Something wrong here. I guess. And then a bunch of bad guys show up. And then we're introduced to not our main villain, but is presented to us as if he is the main villain. Tap dancing and dickhead. Yeah. And he tap dance. And that's about it. I'll tell you what, though. This guy being the main villain instead of who actually is the main villain would probably be preferable to me. Because the twist of who the main villain is really sucks. It doesn't really add anything to the movie. It feels like a forced twist. The characters that we have... That, like do these big twisty moments where they're like oh we're bad characters now Yeah. don't it feels forced it doesn't feel natural now these not twists happen no not at all happen.
1: especially since he's such a like a, the character just got introduced to you
0: yeah that too
1: like there's no weight behind it at all yeah and, I mean McLean was suspicious from the start but because of course he was he's he's John McLean, and and then we I'm talking about the other one as well too yeah it's just like I didn't I wasn't surprised by any of it really yeah,
0: it's not good. Tap dance guy says, "Ha ha, I, I can dance." Yep. And Wonder. then they like just go, "Ha ha, we are free!" And then shoot everybody. Right. <laughs> yes. That's how <laughs> like that scene goes. Like they're tied up, but then they're just not. They cut through the ropes, but I don't know where they got a knife. They don't really establish this well. Their escape just kind of happens, and then they just shoot everybody. And then the bad guys are in a helicopter, and they're shooting at them, and they have to, like, dive out of there and, like, fall through, like, a construction thingy. hmm Like, a, it, it, it looks like a big old fucking tube slide at the playground. It's presented like it's a tube slide at the playground, because <laughs> they just fall through this slide down an entire fucking giant-ass building and then are fine. Yeah. Because they're
1: diehard man. Right. And yeah. then just just gets a piece of shrapnel. Jack just gets a piece of shrapnel at him and they just pull it out and be like, Oh, you're fine, kid Ouch, that hurts. Hold A to heal. Right. <laughs> definitely that energy. And then they uh they have like a little moment together and they get they pack in a car and they, they figure out that they're heading for Chernobyl. Yeah. Chernobyl, Ukraine. Then they, they head on over there. And then we're already towards what well, the final area of the movie.
0: Yeah, describing it is a lot less painful than watching it because all of this stuff feels like it takes forever when you're watching it. Right. Yeah, yeah we are almost done describing but, the movie. Yeah, like we're entering the final act. Yeah, the movie's really short, not a lot to it. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like that when you're watching it. No, none of at the all. action sequences take so long to get through. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like they're the entire reason the movie exists. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm so happy. So they get to Chernobyl and they gun up. And they're like, I love you, son. He's like, <laughs> you too, dad. As they're gunning up. Yeah, they have like a little conversation where they're
0: like, you know, I'm sorry for what for not being the dad. That's okay, dad. Okay, son. <laughs> Whatever stupid shit they say. I'm sure Bruce Willis remarks that he's on vacation again. And uh, here's where we get the twist, where we uh, join our villains in Chernobyl looking for the file but they're not actually looking for the file are they it's a bunch of weapons grade uranium that i guess they're just gonna sell for money so it turns out just be the twist Ooh, big twist Oh, Komarov, big villain, whoa! Komarov was supposed to be the guy that the villains were using, but actually he's the villain.
1: Yeah, Ooh. shoots tap dancey guy in the head. Gives and a goes, call to whoop.
0: the guy we thought was villain and gets him murdered. They weirdly tried to establish this guy as a big bad. There was like a really cool shot of him walking with like a bunch of fucking people walking behind him and... That's all, it's all for nothing. He's just a disposable guy, dead. All meant to distract you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, This twist doesn't work. Because nothing that the guy does before here jives with this twist in any way. I realize it's supposed to throw you off the trail, like, oh, you thought he was good guy, but actually bad. But nothing justifies it. In the best movies, you can kind of see hints before the thing happens. Maybe on a second viewing of a film. Not that I'm ever going to watch A Good Day to Die Hard again. But not a damn thing to clue you in on this one. Because I feel like they just decided, halfway through writing the movie, what if this guy was the bad guy? That'd be a good twist. Ah! And then wrote it. Because it feels like they were writing one character and then just wrote a different character. Right. That he turns into, like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> so here we are. Now he's the bad guy of this movie. Yep. Let's just go ahead and slot him in at the bottom of the, the villain rankings. Right, because he sucks. Yeah, he's the worst one. He also, right? gets, he also gets killed
1: very fast. Yeah, he sucks ass. This, As entire, this, this entire sequence sucks. So <laughs> This entire movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so they immediately... So the, the McLean's immediately run down there and they see Komarov down there. They don't buy it for a fucking second that he's a good guy. Yeah, because he starts
0: acting as a good guy really poorly, as if his character is a different character now. Right. He's, like, stammering and going, like, oh, well, that, that's, and then they just,
1: like, oh, you liar, man. You liar, man. Yeah, and they they grab, they take him outside and then, then they get shot at. Uh huh. And then they get shot at. And then. They shoot people. Right. And, and
0: then, then they, they, get, get yeah, they get shot at. Yeah, they
1: get shot at. Uh huh. And then McLean, one of the McLean's, the John one, <laughs> gets on a chopper
0: that they're flying. Bruce Willis just climbs up on a helicopter. And
1: then the McLean, the Jack one, gets <laughs> shot at.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: And then Bruce Willis, John McClane, decides it would be a fucking brilliant idea to drive the the chain a car up to the chopper, say "Yippee ki yay, motherfucker," and drive the car out of the chopper. Yeah,
0: thereby weighting it down. Yeah. He's trying to prevent his son from getting shot at right. by the helicopter. Yeah. And he does it just in time by doing this ridiculous maneuver, which basically results in him downing a jet. Okay. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, she still has it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Because she tries to kill them with it. Yeah, it's stupid. Doesn't succeed.
1: So, in all the previous movies, when John McClane said, yippee Kaye motherfucker, he usually blew something up. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm sad that didn't happen in this movie.
0: (laughs) No, he just says it because it's the thing that John McClane says, which is stupid. Yeah. It's his catchphrase. But also his catchphrase in this movie is... I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. Great. I'm so glad... He fucking wasn't ever.
1: He At no point there. was he actually on vacation. He went there with a purpose. It wasn't a fun purpose. Like, he knew his son was in jail. What he were thought you his gonna son do? was a
0: murderer. He was going to just probably talk to his son one last time before he gets fucking sent to the gas chamber.
1: <laughs> what a fun vacation, John. Jesus Christ. Jeez, dude. This is the worst. So, yeah. <laughs> but then, like. They take Kamarov, off Jack Takes Kamarov and throws him into the chopper blades, which is pretty badass. And then That's a, that's a good moment. Yeah. But, you know, and his daughter freaks if out. It happened
0: to a better villain to be better. Right.
1: And his daughter freaks out and tries to crash the she plane Tries to into kill them with a jet.
0: well with the chopper or whatever. And then flies they flies it into the building and they just dodge they just they just hit the buttons they hit
1: L and R at the same time to dodge behind the the filing cabinet yeah (laughs) and then in Indiana Jones fridge fashion the giant explosion just misses them behind that file cabinet yeah that is not how explosions work don't
0: they fall through like a bunch of floors here yeah as the building's burning down there's a different thing where they light a bunch of shit on fire yeah see because this action sequence takes about 90 minutes right so a lot of stuff happens in it um But they just fall through, like, a bunch of floors and into a pool. Probably radioactive. Not good. Chernobyl pool. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, (laughs) Chernobyl pool. (laughs) Chernobyl. That's terrible. Ah! You suck. (laughs) Ah!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then they're just fine. There's a brief moment where Jack is like, you know, the whole movie he's been calling his dad John, not dad. And he goes, John! John! dad dad and then he's like over here
1: anybody see my dad where's my dad it's
0: like oh he care about him because he finally said dad Aw. and then they're just like that was a crazy day and then they leave that's the movie that's the movie they go home they go home reunite with daughter mclean and they all walk and like they say stuff but the movie doesn't care yeah, so, then so the movie just plays like a soundtrack over them talking and the movie ends and then it plays like one of the worst fucking Rolling Stones songs I've ever heard in my life. It was like modern Rolling Stones. Yeah. It fucking sucked ass. I was blown away by how bad that song was. Well, it's trash. Oh, which is fitting. Because the movie is not good either. What'd you think of uh, good, the good Dick T. That's trash! Hard. Oh.
1: It's easily the worst movie. The franchise.
0: I was. Uh, there's no competition. There's if anyone puts anything above it or below it, they're high. Yeah. There's no way. Four looks like Die Hard one compared to this one. Yeah. It's really and bad. four is not good. No, it's not. Four's pretty bad.
1: But at least there's like some stuff happening in that movie where like this movie was just like ah there's excuse a, there's the blow, a plot
0: up. that you can follow with your brain in four. Yeah. In five, we had to piece it together by like. Happenstance. (laughs) Like, I feel like you genuinely don't know what's going on in that movie until, like, 70 minutes in. And by then, the movie's almost over. That's not good. That's bad writing.
1: Yeah. No thank. You know how, like, they they know how... They do the thing where ever since the second one where they're just like, oh, it's always about the money. Yeah. You notice that in this one they say it at the latest point of the movie? Yeah. He says it at the literal latest point of the movie. Yeah. That like that we have ever before. That's because it gives a lot less of a shit.
0: It's a good twist in the first Die Hard that, no, they're literally just out for money. It makes the movie kind of like quaint. It's interesting. Yeah. But here it's such a big giant plot that it being about money...
1: And that's it? It's
0: kind of weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, the idea, I guess, is that they're selling all this weapons-grade uranium.
0: So it could, like, ruin the world, sure, if all this like, weapons got out. Well, yeah,
1: they don't care because they're going to get paid.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> the idea. But, like... It's like they didn't do it with 4 Mm-hmm. 4 wasn't just about the money. Well, it was sort of. But more than that, it was about this asshole trying to dismantle society because... He could, and people didn't listen to him about it. Right. So at least that one was more purposeful than this one is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This one, the motivations of the characters are fucking stupid. What kind of galaxy brain plan did this guy have to be in prison for years and then get out and then sell a bunch of weapons-grade uranium? That's going to work out. Dude, the government, the U.S. government was going to give him a passport to just live on the U.S. and be fine. Could have just went and worked at a fucking Starbucks, my guy. Yeah. Now you're fucking dead. (laughs) No. Cut up by helicopter blades by McClane and McClane Jr.
1: Uh, I hate this movie.
0: It wasn't good. This This is a very sour note for this franchise to end on because I had a good time until now. Yeah. Um... Even with even with the worst one up till now, like with four, I genuinely enjoyed part of it, and I felt that Bruce Willis was into it, and Bruce Willis was giving it his all. This one, I don't feel that way. I feel like Bruce Willis was kind of just like there to fulfill his role and kind of just get a paycheck, and that was annoying. And I felt that way for a lot of the people in this movie, and certainly the writer and director... Didn't seem like there was a lot of passion involved in this movie. Kind of just a big weak fart of a movie. And that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. So the film grossed 304.7 million on a 92 million budget. So it did make a, a okay profit. Not nearly as much as Die Hard 4, though. Uh, but it ex- received extremely negative reviews common complaints for the camera work and writing who would have thought A Good Day to Die Hard has a whopping 15% on Rotten Tomatoes the lowest in the franchise and speaking of which uh, this is not our ranking this would be Rotten Tomatoes ranking I suppose the Die Hard movies go as follows for the Rotten Boys top ranked What do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top
1: Let's go bottom to top.
0: Okay, good day to Die Hard. Fifteen percent. Yes, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Fifty-two percent. Mm-hmm. Die Hard Two. Sixty-eight percent. Live Free or Die Hard. Eighty-two percent. That's way too damn high. Yeah. And then Die Hard. Ninety-three percent. That gives us an average of sixty-two percent for this franchise, mm-hmm. which I feel is accurate given what we have. That's necess- like basically. Yeah. I still feel that like it's weird that Die Hard with a Vengeance reviewed so poorly in comparison with, like, Live Free or Die Hard reviewing so well.
1: Yeah, I think maybe it's a product of its
0: time. Yeah, maybe. Certainly in 2007, that movie was more viable as a hit with the Hacker Man shit. Now I Mm -hmm. can't stomach it. So if we were to do our ranking, I I would say it's pretty obvious. It almost just goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I personally kind of feel that, like... I like three more than two. I'm down for one, three, two, four, five. That's just my that personal. No, I'm okay with that.
1: You want to make that the official ranking? I don't mind. Because I fully understand why. So, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, I just think three has a better story. Uh, the two has a lot of good stuff in it, and it's enjoyable. But three is more original. The bad stuff in it is some of the camera work and some of the weird close ups. But yeah. generally speaking, I think the writing is better in three than in two, and the idea is better in three than in two.
1: I feel it, yeah. Also
0: the villain. Jeremy Irons is a fun guy. Yeah, he's great. No, so, uh, thank God we're done. That it by. died hard.
1: <laughs> All right. So well. it's time
0: to watch another franchise. It's time to spin that wheel. Rattle me bones! Rattle
1: me bones! Welcome aboard, mates. Roundy me bones, roundy me bones, take with he will, but don't roundy me bones! Spin the wheel for the treasure to take. Careful my friend or he'll
0: rattle, rattle me bones, turn the lights like low, there's a
1: frankly. But don't
0: rattle me bones! Rattle me, rattle me, rattle
1: me bones. You can use your skill to take what you will. You can take your pill, but don't rattle me bones batteries sold separately from idea. I'll, I'll tell you what's on the wheel here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead because it's your turn to spin.
0: Speaking of uh so we had to replace Die Hard with something. Yes. So uh we discussed it before the show. And we put Planet of the Apes on there. Planet of the Apes is like nine movies. Uh, yeah, it's a long one. A, a shitload of old ones. The weird Tim Burton remake that is apparently garbage. It sucks, yeah. And then the recent trilogy from Matt Reeves. Uh, and there's another one coming out at some point. I don't know what that's going to be necessarily, but we'll see you down the line. Other things that have been on the wheel for a while, we got Psycho. Friday the 13th Batman which uh, that'll probably be the longest one on here if we get yeah. that because I want to do some quills and spinoffs and things if you're down yeah The uh, Mummy this is just the Brendan Fraser series <laughs> I'm so
1: excited <sighs> we sure we don't want to watch the Tom Cruise one yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa!
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't want to watch that <laughs> Robocop that, that, that'd that be a weird one to do. Back to the Future, Mission Impossible, Resident Evil, Jusby's favorite, Jusby hopes we land on it, Jusby so totally won't quit, and Godfather, Jusby's least favorite, <laughs> Jusby hates this one. What? The only good one is three, according to Jusby. Uh, what a
1: weirdo! Uh, <laughs>
0: oh, no! So I guess it's my turn to spin, and I am terrified to do it. Do it. Uh, Cause, man,
1: what are we even hoping for here? Godfather, Psycho, Back to the, back the, to future. the future. Yeah, I, I, I like Planet of the Apes. I'd be excited about that. I would be cool with
0: that too. And then we'd have something to look forward to because we could uh watch another one. Yeah. Ready? <sighs> as ready as I'll ever be. Oh God! Just go. I bet the wheel's gonna break when I spin Let's it. Do it. All
1: right. I'll spin. All right, oh, that was a good spin.
0: We're doing Batman. Oh shit! Okay. It's Batman. It's Batman time. Holy fuck. It's Batman time. It's Batman time. It's Batman time. It's Batman time. time. Alright, give me a second. I'm gonna look up what we're actually gonna oh, do. Oh, okay. But this is probably gonna
1: take me a second, so you're gonna to have to edit. I was gonna cut out the. I was just gonna cut it out when you said it's Batman time. I wanna you know officially
0: I mean? say what we're gonna do.
1: Well, we could just do it in the next episode. Okay, I guess so. But I would say that it,
0: I think it's gonna start with Batman from 1966. Oh, yeah, of course we're doing Batman 66. Adam West! Because, yeah, we're going to watch all the Batman movies... We're watching Adam West. We're watching Michael Keaton. Tim Burton. We're going to watch the bad Joel Schumacher ones. We're going to watch the Nolan trilogy. We're going to watch the shitty Zack Snyder ones. We're going to watch Mask of the Phantasm, I think. I, I want to stick to theatrically released. Yeah. So we're not going to do all the animated Batman movies. And we're not doing the like Killing Joke. a bunch joke. of them. Oh, fuck no. We are not doing the Killing Joke. That was just a one day theatrical release. Oh, yeah, Ma- right. Mask of the Phantasm had an actual release. Right. We're going to do Lego Batman. I've never seen it. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, but we're also going to do a couple of the offs Things like uh, a cat having a hairball. You okay, Smudge? Smudge having a bad time. He's okay. Things like Catwoman. Things like Joker. Things like uh, Suicide Squad. Because that has Batman characters in it. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of movies. It's going to be too many movies. Let's go. <laughs> Smudge is really having a bad time. You okay? He's hacking up a hairball. he's hacking. Right, God well, damn it. Thanks, Smudge. Thanks for dying on our podcast. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> it's fucking sixties Batman time next week. I'm really excited, and then we'll we'll quickly not be excited to watch these. But then we'll be excited again. But then we won't be. But then we'll, we'll wait, be we excited again.
1: What? But we go from sixty nine to Tim Burton. Right? Yeah, it'll be fun for the first couple weeks at least. Yeah. Then we'll have some lols. Then we'll have some really bad shit. Then it'll be back to good shit. Yeah. Then back to bad shit. This is kind of what I was saying. Then a good thing. One good thing. And then another shit thing. Yeah. That's pretty much I'll come it up goes. with the official list
0: soon. I, I believe it's going to be our longest series yet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, what, 13 movies? It's something like that. If we do the spinoff movies as well. We'll be doing this until, yeah. like, March. Sick, dude. It's time for Batman to be Batman. Bye! Batman! (laughs)